Hi, anyone and everyone. Welcome to Have You Heard About This Case. My name is Sam. And my name is Kelly. Today I have a case for you um, that has a lot of opinions. And it's a it's a pretty well-known case. Um, but I believe, Kelly, you and I very briefly talked about it a while ago. And you said you weren't familiar with it at that point. So I'm going to be very curious not. to hear what you think. Cool. I am not. Uh, the degree, like the the name is not pinging for me. Details might later. I'll let you know. I know the prosecutors covered curious. it, so you may have listened to an old episode of theirs. They did a few episodes on her. Um, but before we get into it, huh. what is our intro question? Okay, so Sam. Your family is big into baseball, would you say? Yes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what would be your dream matchup of baseball teams if you could, like, go to see it? It's a really good question because I feel pretty lucky that I have seen it. Um, Ooh. well, I just, I've been to so many games. My, one of my goals in life is to go mm-hmm. to every ball club in the country and go to every park and mm-hmm. travel the major Oh, that's parks. a cool one. Um, and mm-hmm. so quite a few years ago, I went and saw the Cubs play the Red Sox in Fenway. And that was Ooh. very special. Um, cause I, it's just like, I love old for- ballparks. Fenway is the oldest in the country. Yeah. Wrigley's the second oldest. Um, uh-huh. but that was, that was uh-huh. very special. And Sam helped inform me for our non-sports friends. We recently, the Chicago Cubs hosted the Red Sox at Wrigley and I went out and walked <laughs> I the dog. About Sam this. and I, Sam and I were meant to meet up that day and we were going to go just hang out. And I went to go off the dog and there are people in Cubs gear everywhere, Cubs colors everywhere, like. It was Saturday evening, and I was like, what the hell is going on? I text Sam, and she says, oh, well, the Cubs are playing the Red Sox at Wrigley. And I was like, okay, so it's a home game. And she was like, yeah, but the thing is, and she explained to me just what she explained to you, that it's two of the oldest teams playing in one of the oldest baseball parks. And they're different and leagues, so, I said to her, so they don't play together often. Ooh. Well, I said to her, it sounded like baseball Christmas, and maybe we should reschedule. Yeah, I remember we tried to get, like, a Lyft or an Uber just to meet up mm-hmm. somewhere else, it was, and it was, like, 100 bucks. <laughs> it was like, yep, okay, we're going to yep, cancel today. Was, yeah, we were like, okay, so maybe we should just do it another day, because this is wild. <laughs> right? I was like, do, do you have an answer for this for your teams? But I know you don't <laughs> Um. <laughs> Well, okay, don't get me wrong. I do think No, I'm not a fan. I was going to say <laughs> I am I am a fan, but that's just because my dad has raised me to say that because my dad deeply is deeply deeply committed to the Cleveland Guardians and has been his entire life. Hey, my... I grew up as a Cubs fan. Yep. My, we were taught growing up, dad, I I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm gonna, we were taught growing up that the only things we were allowed to hate or say the word hate about were the New York Yankees and the Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) That was there. 
So my dream matchup of teams would be all celebrities who don't know how to play baseball <laughs> and they go against each other. Like, you that know, would the be funny. basketball game, you know, the basketball game that is only played by celebrities and it's hosted each coach, right. quote like unquote, a big charity is like event. a celebrity. Yeah. Like one year it was Canada versus the U.S. and Kevin Hart was the coach of the U.S. and Drake was the coach of Canada. Oh, that's funny. I feel like there might be something like that in baseball, but usually I ignore it. Like, I never pay attention to the All-Star game or do anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, I think something my... like that could happen around the All-Star game. Oh, I would love it. But I just never paid attention to it. My idea comes from, it comes from a meme that said, uh, I'm sick of having celebrities throw out the first pitch at baseball games. I want to see them do the last one. Like, bases loaded, <laughs> here comes Danny DeVito. Oh, that's funny. When I was a kid, and still to this day, <laughs> if the opportunity came forward, I would take it in a heartbeat to throw out the first pitch at Wrigley. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, I might not yeah. be able to make I it mean... to home plate. I haven't thrown a ball in many, many, many years, but... I would love it. From from what I've seen, I don't know that it matters that much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's fine. I think you I, just, just the fact that I'd yeah. be there and doing it, standing on the mound. Right. You just toss it underhand, you know? <laughs> I Back in but the yeah, day, I'm sure I could have made it, but I haven't, I haven't thrown a ball in 15 years, maybe? <laughs> it's been a long yeah, time. It's, it's tougher... <laughs> It's tougher in the city. It's tougher. But well, yeah, I stopped I, playing I see... in college, so I didn't. I never w- like went to elite sports with it. I just loved it. It's uh-huh, fun. but like, yeah. I I just yeah yeah dream mashup. Bases are loaded. Danny DeVito is throwing out the last pitch. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. I would watch that absolutely in a heartbeat. Uh- I'd watch every minute of it if I knew Danny DeVito was throwing out the last pitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but let's go ahead and dive into our case today. Um, okay. We are talking about the disappearance of Asha Degree in Shelby, North Carolina. And I really want to call out a specific source early here. Um, because I did so many reading of different articles throughout all of my research. And then I found somebody on Reddit who put together this timeline. Um, this person goes by Quirky Motor, and they'll be it'll be linked in our show notes. They mm-hmm. put together such a wonderfully detailed timeline with links to their sources and made it very clear where all of their information was coming from and whether something that they mm. were saying was like personally speculative or not. Um that I, I want to give them a call out because I felt like they did a really fantastic write-up on this case. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I referenced mm-hmm. a lot of their stuff within my research because um, I kind of found it at the end. So I went and just doubled back mm-hmm. through my whole script mm-hmm. and, and double-checked yeah. everything according to what they said. Um, and I did have to switch a couple mm-hmm. things around. Um, so I, I, I thank them. Go check them out. It was a wonderfully detailed article. I've done the same exact thing. Like, just, like, found at the 11th hour, found Mm -hmm. this article that has, like, all the time slots, and you're like, I've got to go back. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, 
Uh, um, so Asha was nine years old when she disappeared on February 14th in 2000. She was born August 5th, 1990, to parents Aquila and Harold Degree. And she has a brother who is just about a year older. Um, I heard some say a year, some say about 11 months, um, but obviously very close in age. And his name is O'Brien. And at the time of her disappearance, Asha was in the fourth grade at Falston Elementary School in Lawndale, North Carolina, um, which was just a few miles from where she lived in Shelby. Mm -hmm. And she really loved school. She basically excelled in every subject, um, specifically math and science were were the two that she excelled most at. She seemed to really enjoy. And um, in her class, they had this thing. It was a student of the week. And she was actually often awarded student of the week. And so that just kind of shows like her dedication to school and that she enjoyed it. And And the the math and science interest, it just goes back to what I feel like I say it a lot on our cases, but like it's our loss for the good they could have done. Yeah, absolutely. And both Asha and O'Brien, they nearly had perfect attendance. Um, I saw some say that they did have perfect. I saw some say that they had nearly perfect attendance. But either way, I think that also shows a, a dedication to school. Like, they're still young. They're, their parents mm-hmm. are still sending them to school each day. But um, it was clearly important sure. to the, the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. And Asha, when she grew up, she really wanted to become an author and illustrator. And oh. I, I think that just kind of shows, like, she excelled so much at math and science, but she still also really enjoyed the other subjects. And yeah, it, yeah. Her mom has said that she she would receive straight A's and that she just really enjoyed everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh I hate how this is gonna go. It. This is a. We don't know a lot. I'll, I'll say that now. Okay. Um, we know we know a decent okay. amount, but there's gonna be a lot of conversation with speculation in this episode. Okay. okay. Um. But Asha and her family were very active in church. They attended Sunday Mass each week, and they also attended Bible study at least once throughout the week. Wow. And Asha's home life, it was very strict, but also good and loving. Asha's parents taught both a Bryant. Oh, I want to go back a little bit. Um, So I've been saying her name as Asha. Her name is Aisha. Um, there's a lot yes Um, so I'm sorry for that in the beginning because a lot of if you listen to a lot of the different no it's confusing well the news reports it wrong a lot of the time so I actually found the FBI Mm -hmm. website and a video of Uh her mother Aquila saying her name and it's Aisha but most places say Asha and that's stuck in my head Um, so I'm going to try to correct it and say Aisha okay for the rest of it. So, her, but her, her life at home was, was pretty strict. But again, it, it's all came from loving. Her, her parents loved her and loved mm-hmm. O'Brien and they wanted to create a safe and protective home, which is why they were strict. Mm-hmm. But they, they really taught stranger danger to both and- Aisha and O'Brien. 
And we know how important that is after eating pats. Exactly. Aiton. <laughs> Aiton. I just did it too. Yeah. It can be hard when you're reading only and not doing as much um, like news casts and things. So many of the stuff that right. we have is just right. on paper. Right. But with being taught stranger danger, at this point, they also didn't have a computer at home. And this becomes a really big topic of conversation in this case. But I'm going to say I don't find this odd at all for this time period. Yeah. I remember in 2000, it was a big deal because we actually got our first brand new home computer in my house the same year. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't have internet for another couple of years. Because this is 1990. No, this is two two thousand, but still, okay, like two thousand, but yeah. still, yeah, it's it was still really new. I don't think we had a home computer. We would use the computer lab at school, exactly. Um, and in or many the of library. Like, the the discussions I've read and the different podcasts I've listened to about this case, they really kind of make it a big point to say they didn't have a computer and that the kids weren't allowed mm-hmm. on the internet because of the chance that they could chat with a stranger. And I think this actually comes from a quote from Aquila in about 2013, saying that she didn't want them to be in chat rooms and talking with people. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of that also potentially comes in retrospect, because while I think Mm -hmm. it could definitely be a reason to not allow your kids online in the year 2000, I also don't think it's super common to have a computer at that point in your home. And even less common to have home internet. And Yeah, I agree. Like, that's just my own personal thought. Um, there's more I'll say no, about, that, like, internet that, stuff later. But that that's was my experience. Called out over and over and over in this case. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't feel like there's as much weight on it as some people are putting. But okay. regardless, um, Stranger Danger was very important in their household. And it would even be to the point where if Asha's extended family members knocked on their door, they she wasn't allowed to answer the door because oh. you just never know. There could be a risk. There could be somebody else there. Um, so it, was, mm-hmm. it would always be Aquila and Harold answering the door. Neither, neither of the kids were allowed to. Okay. I, I kind of see that, too. Yeah. I, I don't like you, think there's anything yeah. necessarily wrong with that. Yeah. And nearly all of the articles and discussions I've read about this case make it a really big point to say that Aisha was very shy and had a, a handful of fears. And she mostly, like the two things that were pointed out more than anything else and other than just strangers in general, was that she was scared of storms and that she was scared of dogs. And multiple friends and family members said that she was always really just content with living her life by the set of rules that her parents made for her. And that there didn't Mm -hmm. seem to be a desire to break the rules or anything like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Good kid. Exactly. And she's nine years old. She's still in that, like, pocket of age where you're not really rebellious and that you're still just pretty content with just... Living your day-to-day life with how your parents are asking you to. Yeah, exactly. And during her fourth grade year, 
Asha started to open up a little bit more, and she actually joined her school's basketball team. And this was kind of a, a big deal, especially with just how shy she was. And this this helped her mm-hmm. open up, make more friends. And two days before her disappearance on February 12th, Asha's team, the little bulldogs, they kind of had a rough game. Asha said that her, Asha said that her leg was hurting before and during the game. And unfortunately, three minutes left on the clock right at the end of the game, Asha fouled out, which actually led to the loss, first loss for the team as that season. Oh, for um, Asha. Yeah, and it wasn't necessarily that it was Asha's foul that caused the loss. No. But it was just bad timing. Um, and she yeah. was really upset about this, along with the rest of the team. Um, all the girls actually kind of collectively cried after this first loss. And Aisha kept actually saying that the ref had cheated, according to Aquila. And I'm, I'm not really sure, like, specifically what she was calling out. And it's possible a ref got a, call, a wrong call, like, entirely possible, especially... Yeah. A peewee game like Absolutely. that. Like, I, I used to yeah. um, softball games, peewee softball games when I was in high school. I guarantee you I probably made a couple wrong calls. <laughs> like, it, it's not an easy job to do. Yeah. Referees are human. Referees it, are human. Exactly. Um, but but I, she seemed pretty adamant that she believed the ref cheated. But also, mm-hmm. being a nine-year-old, she was able to get over that loss pretty quickly. And this was a Saturday where she had her game kind of in the afternoon and her brother's game was later in the day. And so she sat with some friends, watched her brother play his game and seemed to be having a good time after that. So the loss wasn't that big of a deal in the moment. Right. And then later that night after her brother's game, she went over to her cousin's house for a slumber party. And... I believe this cousin's house is actually directly across the street from her house. I'm not entirely sure, but that's what it okay. seems like oh. based on some of the reporting. Close family. Yeah, they, it sounds like there's potentially a couple people that live like right on her block or very close to her in the subdivision that they lived in. Right. Um, but definitely right. um, Harold's mother and sister lived across the street from them. That's always nice having a support base all around you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and it sounds like this was a very kind of typical, like preteen, early teen slumber party, staying up night late watching TV. Um, so yeah. that it just it seemed like a pretty typical all yeah. aspects of, of what people had said was that Asia was very normal, just enjoying herself along with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also like to point out that Aisha and O'Brien really had strict rules when it came to what they watched on TV as well. That was closely monitored oh. by Aquila and Harold. And while it doesn't seem like there was anything bad at all that they were watching while at the cousin's house, it just was probably stuff that she wasn't typically allowed to watch or at the time of day she probably wasn't allowed to watch. Um, right, I think it was right. like... Uh, Oh, what was the name of it? Something at the Apollo. It was like 
Live at the Apollo. Li- yeah, I would say like Easily. concerts at the Apollo, but yeah, live at the Apollo. Yeah. Um, I've never watched it. I don't really yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, late night at the Apollo. I think it's typically is it like a talk con- show. It's like an SNL. It's oh, an SNL it? style thing where like comedians. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's also, a good possibility. Wrong, she probably wasn't allowed to watch out. it. Yeah. So then the next morning, um, Isha and her family, along with the extended family, they all went to Sunday church. And mm-hmm. after church, they went to another relative's house. There is the potential that this is, again, just across the street. I know that they're mm-hmm. specifically calling out with this relative's house. They're calling out the grandmother. And I know the grandmother and the aunt okay. live together. So I don't know if these are the, the, the same aunt or a different aunt, but it sounds like it's all incredibly close geographically. Right. And it, it also sounded sounds, so. Yeah. And it's a very close family who all kind of grew up in the same area. Um, but this also yeah, was kind yeah. of an early Valentine's Day celebration for Aisha mm-hmm. and her cousins. And Aisha's grandmother gave her a little bottle of perfume and candy for a Valentine's Day gift. Aww. And it was her favorite candy. It was these little, they everyone just kind of refers to them as like red cinnamon discs, but it's just like hard candy on some like uh, a clear okay. red wrapper. Yeah. It's like, I can picture them. I don't know if there's a uh, real name. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I... I got what you mean. <laughs> say, I have no clue if there's a real name. Everything described them as me, red cinnamon discs. It took me a second, but I got there. And apparently that's her favorite candy, so she was pretty excited for that. And then after spending mm-hmm. the afternoon with her extended family, Aisha O'Brien and their parents went home. And around 6.30, Aisha actually fell asleep on the couch. Um, I'm assuming this is because she was up late watching TV with her cousins. Mm-hmm. But she just kind of fell asleep on the couch. And it's it, this timeline is where it starts to get a little bit more foggy because we're not exactly mm-hmm. sure how long Aisha slept. Some reports say mm-hmm. a couple of hours. Some reports don't really give a timeline at all. But from the mm-hmm. sound of it, she woke up potentially around 830 so maybe sleeping for about mm-hmm. two hours. And at this mm-hmm. point, she was going to start to kind of get ready to go to bed. And mm-hmm. yeah, usually their typical routine in the house is for Aisha and O'Brien to both take baths or showers before going to bed. They, mm-hmm. they like to do that so they didn't have right. to do it in the morning before school. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. on this night... There was a car crash that actually, a car crashed into a utility pole down the street and it causing all the power to go out. So they weren't able mm. to, to take their showers or baths that night. So Aquila just right. said that, you know what, I'll wake you guys up early in the morning. You can take a shower before school instead. And she sent both of the kids to bed. Okay. So they're probably not juiced. Like, oh, man. <laughs> right. Um, but it also makes me wonder a little bit, like, she just kind of woke up from a nap and she's immediately going mm-hmm. to bed. But I, yeah, that's I also was, not necessarily I was going to ask, ask if the parents were in the house, if you knew. Aquila like, was. While she was sleeping. Was she? Aquila was. Okay, um, so 
Yeah. It does seem odd to me she would let her daughter sleep for so long when she intended to put her to bed soon. Well, at the same time, she barely slept the night before, in all likelihood. Yeah. So she should get some rest before going to school the next day. So I don't necessarily see that as too weird. Um, But something that is kind of... It's odd, but I don't know if there's any relevance to it at all. Mm -hmm. And Harold, he actually worked as a dock loader. And so he he worked second shift. So he typically went to work Mm. mid-afternoon. And was off at 11.30. And so he actually returned home around midnight. And Aisha and Bryant, Aisha and O'Brien, they shared a bedroom. So Harold just peeked his head in to see both kids were sleeping. And now here's a couple different accounts of what Harold did next. Some reports say that he watched TV for a few hours and that the power had come back on around 1230 ish. And then some other reports say that he actually left the house to go buy something for Valentine's Day. Um, And Valentine's Day was Harold and Aquila's wedding anniversary. So um, he potentially went out to go buy like a last minute gift for their anniversary. Honestly, Mm. yeah, yeah. Don't think this detail is important at all. Just my personal Mm -hmm. opinion. Um, yeah, and I think as we continue, you might agree, but keep that in your mind because mm-hmm. people do have opinions on this. Okay, they have opinions that Harold left the home. Yes. Okay. All right. So then, around two thirty a.m., Harold checked on the kids again before he went to go sleep, mm-hmm. and he saw them both sleeping in their beds. And then mm-hmm. not terribly long after Harold checked in on the kids, O'Brien heard Aisha kind of rustling in her bed a little bit. And then he believes that she got up and went to the bathroom. And then a minute or two later, he heard rustling again. So he just assumed like she just got up, came back down. But I'm not sure if you've ever shared a room with a sibling. You don't really care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you just roll over. You don't pay right. attention to what they're you're doing. Like, right. You're like, they're doing what they're doing. I'm busy over here sleeping. I- exactly. Um, so they're not exactly sure what time this happened because he didn't he didn't even attempt to look at a clock or anything. But it right. he thinks With, it, it wasn't terribly long after Harold checked in on them around two thirty. Well, and he's a young boy too. Yeah, so he's it, ten. It wouldn't really it wouldn't really occur to him to be like, I should check the clock. <laughs> exactly. So let's jump ahead to 5.45 a.m. And Aquila gets up for the day. Mm-hmm. It's just starting the day like mm-hmm. normal. It's a Monday morning. And around 6.30, even yep. potentially bef- a little bit before 6.30, because this is one that isn't reported super consistently, um, she went mm-hmm. to go wake up Aisha and O'Brien so that they each have the chance to take a bath or a shower before school. Oh, yeah, yeah. And O'Brien was there, but Aisha was not in her bed. And immediately, Aquila, she searched the whole house. She called all of her family members that lived within that general area. Um, Her her mother-in-law, who lived right across the street. And Mm. when she couldn't find her, no one else saw her. She called the police at 9.40 a.m. 
So this is like minutes mm. that she's doing yes, all of this. Exactly. Um, so they file a missing report. Good mom. Yeah, she was like full on, like had to figure it out right away when she didn't get the answer that she needed. Yeah. She immediately took action by calling the police. And the police, yeah. they didn't waste any time. They quickly mm-hmm. determined that there was no forced entry into the house. And they brought in scent dogs who unfortunately were unable to find any trail of Aisha's scent. Oh. And I don't see this being discussed in a lot of the articles and things. But in my research that I've done, I've heard that scent dogs can struggle to find a good trail when they are surrounded by a person's belongings, um, being in their home. And I think... I've heard it kind of being referred to as it's just overstimulating to the dogs where they just, they don't Mm -hmm. know what direction to go in because it's all around them. So I wish that they were able to find a trail, but I'm also not terribly surprised they didn't. Yeah. That sucks. Right. Um, So while the police are searching the home and the scent dogs are in the home, Aquila, along with some of the other family members who lived close, literally took to the streets in their subdivision and just started calling out for Aisha. And Aquila says that she actually woke up the whole neighborhood by 7 a.m. calling out for her. Oh. And my heart. So this this community really came forward to try to find her. Um, We'll get into some more details of the search coming up shortly here. Um, But People immediately wanted to do what they could. And mm-hmm. they, they just banded together to help find her. And it would actually turn into one of the largest and most extensive land searches in the county's history. Oh, wow. Um, like, there what were commu- hundreds of people who came forward to help find her. Yeah. Like, they cared about their community members. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. And... Later that day, so this is the day she's discovered missing, two people right. came forward after seeing her information on the news. They mm-hmm. say they believe they saw Aisha walking early morning along Highway 18, which is the main road which is just outside the subdivision that Aisha lived in. Mm-hmm. The first eyewitness, he was a truck driver. He said that he saw her on Highway 18 about a mile from the entrance of her subdivision. So she, she would have gotten a pretty good distance. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. He saw her potentially 3.45 to 4 a.m. Kind of in that 15 minute window. He wasn't entirely mm-hmm. sure what time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said that she was wearing a white dress, which is potentially described as a nightgown. And white yeah. shoes. Yeah. Like white sneakers. Okay. And he said he hmm. actually, he felt weird about this. So he actually turned around. And so now he's hmm. going, and she's walking southbound. So he's driving northbound. He mm-hmm. sees her. He turns around to go southbound. Um, mm-hmm. And he rolls down his window when he comes up to her because he wants to make sure she's okay. And at that point, she actually right, runs off yeah. the road into a wooded er- area near a farm. So she's running away from this ah. truck. 
Yeah. Um, so he goes back down. He turns around again because he now needs to go back to the original direction he was heading in. And he does not mm-hmm. see her on this third pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also describes her as if she's kind of walking down and walking with a purpose, with a, with a destination in mind. And hmm. that is something that kind of stuck out to him as well. Mm-hmm. And then a second driver. Interesting. Um, who I believe was also a truck driver, was traveling with his son, who I believe was an adult. Um, so I don't think it was like a young kid or anything. But he's, they said that they also saw her around the same general stretch of road around 4.30 a.m. So it's about a half an hour later. And this driver says that she was wearing a long sleeve white shirt and white pants. But he described her as a young woman. So... Even though these yeah. are kind of two different descriptions, I could very easily understand them having kind of different clothing descriptions, but they're also quite similar. Yeah. One long white white gown yeah. versus long white sleeve, white pants, white shoes. Right. Like that doesn't that doesn't seem to stand out to me. A lot of people do find that weird, but it's the dark middle of the night. Yes, yeah. And white reflects, so like it's it's would be hard to tell in your headlights and everything. Yeah, you know the exact details. I think there are similar enough descriptions that they both saw her. I I believe so as well, and so do the authorities. Um, and then this driver, he actually got on a CB radio to let other drivers know to keep an eye out for a young woman walking on the road, so that no drivers accidentally hit her. So at this point, he's yeah. trying to do like a PSA of like, please be careful. Right. Whatever he can. Yeah, exactly. And not only is this dark 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m., this night it was also storming. So it's pouring down rain what? at this point. Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I actually found like, weather reports like- from Shelby, North Carolina at this time on this day um and it was it was raining it was raining hard especially at this time of night so along the time Aisha was walking along the highway mm-hmm yep oh, wow. i'm not sure if it was like thunder and lightning storming but it was minimally raining heavily wow wow okay that's weird yeah it there's a lot more that's gonna get quite weird coming up here this is this is the tip of the iceberg So the next day on February 15th, a local business off of Highway 18, close to where Aisha ran off the road, which is about a mile and a half from where Aisha lived, a few things were found in their barn that were out of place. They found a pencil that said Atlanta on it, a green marker, a yellow hair bow, and some red candy wrappers. With all of this, they also found a wallet-sized photo of a young black girl. And initially, police thought that this could have actually been a photo of Aisha. But once her parents saw it, they said it was not her, and that they had no idea Mm -hmm. who it was. Mm -hmm. But they did say that the pencil, the marker, 
and the hair bow did belong to Aisha. So in my script here, I have a photo linked. So Kelly, why don't you take a look at that photo and kind of tell mm-hmm. me just what you see and, and describe it. I see a young black girl who has what looks like to be little braids, cute braids with bows in them. She's wearing a school uniform that's got buttons on it. And she is just posed as a normal, like, yearbook photo. Yeah, it it looks fairly normal at first glance. And there's a lot of speculation on how this photo ended up with a couple of small items that Aisha had uh-huh. in that barn. Uh-huh. But many yeah, I, people yeah, why was... believe this is photoshopped. So if mm. you look at it in a little more detail, below mm. her head, at like the collar of her shirt, it gets incredibly blurry. Yeah. And people believe that this is potentially a, sh- a sign of Photoshop because they say oh. that they think that the body and the head are from two different girls. Okay. Okay. See, I thought it was just, you know, sometimes when you get those yearbook photographers that like, I thought it was just a yearbook photographer aesthetic choice. I don't think I it was. Think that. I, I think it, it but you're right. It's part so of the clear. camera, but I doubt it. Um, no, the face is so clear. It's so incredibly clear while the rest of the, the picture is pretty blurry. And the braids underneath it, the braids are so blurred that at first I wasn't even sure that if they were braids or if they were um, a collar on her shirt. Mm-hmm. Especially like on the right. I, yeah, so it gets it does get very blurry right below the chin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, I I'm not a Photoshop at- Photoshop expert by any means. I have absolutely no idea how to use it. <laughs> um, but I'm just yeah, trying to yeah. think of like in terms of the year 2000. And I feel like maybe it looking like this actually is potentially just damage to the photo, depending on what type of photo paper it was printed on. Mm-hmm. They always describe it as a photo versus a printed picture. So I'm assuming it's on mm-hmm. photo paper, but like mm-hmm. there's so many different qualities, especially if this is a school photo, it could be a right. pretty cheap quality. Yes. Um, I don't know yeah. if it would like make it blur and like kind of the colors bleed like that. I don't really know, but possible. I know that you can, I think, I think this wouldn't have been, been possible in 2000. But I think there's a way you can shift and tilt focus. It's just I don't think that cameras were that sophisticated at this time to make the face only this clear and everything else blurry. It could have been possible. I don't know. But the reason why I don't Mm -hmm. think that's what happened is because to me, this very much looks like a school photo. And I don't think that's something that they would have done for a school photo. I also, a lot of people think that her head looks too large for her body. I personally don't Hmm. agree. 
but yeah, I don't. I don't think I agree either. I think it looks proportional. Yeah, and I I think we also aren't seeing the definition in her like shoulders and her arms to see the proportions terribly well. Um, even if you look, we'll post this on Instagram so you guys can see what we're referring to. But on the right side of the photo, at like just above the edge of her sleeve, you see like a huge indent of what the background is, which means that's really warped mm. or something with that, which to me yeah. is like you can't tell her proper proportions on on lower than her neck. Yeah, the way her elbow is sitting, it her sleeve wouldn't be doing that. Exactly. Like it it doesn't that doesn't quite make sense to me. Um, it would look it's yeah, odd it would look like the other side odd yeah interesting as we say right? interesting and it's it's really eerie that even to this day no one knows who this girl is or how Aisha got this photo that is I good thing we we came back around because I was afraid we were going to keep moving on it is very creepy and eerie that this photo just turned up along with her belongings that's mm-hmm. very yeah creepy and scary so now the next day so this is now two days Mm -hmm. after she's disappeared two days yeah um aquila has been asked to take an inventory of aisha's stuff and she discovers that there are a few items missing from aisha's bedroom first her book bag and a couple items of clothing aisha Mm -hmm. took her nightshirt which is sometimes described as a nightgown. I haven't been able to find like a super clear description coming from Aquila of it, um, but it's described as mm-hmm. both in some articles. Um, a pair of light colored jeans, a pair of mm-hmm. jeans with a red stripe on the side, a long sleeve t shirt with purple writing, a vest. White sneakers, a small Tweety Bird purse, and then obviously her backpack, which was black and beige. So there's there's a oh. few things gone here. That's a lot. Yeah. I was going to say, that's a lot missing. A lot of clothes. Mm-hmm. Almost like, almost like an abductor was like, pack your stuff. Yeah. But she was out there alone walking in the rain. Okay, or she packed her stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there any mention, am I um foreshadowing here that the pack the backpack was with her? When that the was truckers not saw her? reported in the report from the truckers. Not that I have seen. Okay. We'll get to the backpack okay. again later. Okay. Um Okay, but the truckers did not see her with it. It's not that they didn't see her, it's that it wasn't reported. They could have. Okay. Um, and I yeah. have no idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there's also some speculation that Aisha potentially packed her basketball uniform. But according to this Reddit post, which it seems like they've really done their research, um, this was not confirmed by law enforcement, despite being reported in, I believe they said two news sources in two separate articles, but no one else reported it. And this is something that I've listened to other podcasts discuss, and some of them kind of get hung up on the fact that she, they say she had her uniform on her. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And when I first actually made the decision to cover this case, I was under that impression. And I found out another detail, which we'll discuss later on, that the theory that I thought was like a fantastic theory, it doesn't make sense to me anymore based on my research. But I understand how they got mm-hmm. there. Um, so we'll discuss mm-hmm. that a little bit later. But that that's just kind of how this case okay. is. There's so many theories. Because there's a lot we don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And so during the search at the property where Aisha's belongings were found, that pencil, the hair bow, the candy wrappers, they tried to... It was to, just a barn, right? It was it was like a, a shed more than a, a barn. barn. Outbuild, an outbuilding, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a shed. Um, it actually ha- it had no doors on it. And mm-hmm. um, it was mm-hmm. actually filled with like old furniture. Mm-hmm. And okay. this shed was actually 600 feet from the road. So it's a pretty good distance off the road mm. to get there. But there was actually a light mm-hmm. on the top of the, the shed that was lit up. So mm-hmm. hearing the details of Asia yeah. running away from the first trucker about 4 a.m. and running in that direction towards that shed. because That's exactly mm-hmm. where he pointed it out. Um investigators believe that she would have potentially seen the light on the shed and gone in there to kind of yeah. get a rest get rest out of the rain before walking back to the highway mm-hmm. to be seen by the second set of truckers about 30 minutes later right okay well i guess that that would explain how her property got there mm-hmm. but i still am not 100 percent positive if she left it there or if someone else left it there I have a personal theory, which, again, we'll just kind of discuss closer at the end of this, because there's still, there's so much odd information here. I don't want to give my theory out too early. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot that I'm still just, I don't know. Um, But since the morning Mm -hmm. of the 14th, at this point, February 14th, when Aisha was discovered to be missing, search teams have been out conducting grid searches. This is a lot of volunteers. Hundreds of people showed up mm-hmm. to help with this. Um, they were, they did a very detailed grid search. They all stood three meter, three meters apart from each other and just did it as detailed as they mm-hmm. possibly could. And it sounds like a lot of the, the wow. landowners in this area were willing to let them do this on their land. Um, I didn't see any articles mm-hmm. about not being able to cover certain areas because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, there were no sign of where she could have uh, gone. No additional clues were found during the search. No, I thought when they had such a good grid search like that, it would turn something up. They had helicopters out as well. Like they had a sky team searching. Wow. They they really, this was a massive search in this area. And just unfortunately, mm-hmm. nothing else was found. And without any sign of forced entry in the house and no real additional noises from just the very basic rustling of thinking your sister gets out of bed. Like that's nothing Mm -hmm. really um yeah yeah it it just no one really knew what had happened and this led authorities to believe that Aisha really did leave her house on her own accord 
but no one could understand why Aisha would do this. Was she walking toward where her cousin's house was or away? Do you know? It would be away because they were so close. She okay. probably would have either passed okay. them or they would have been like a couple houses down. Um, But she's like okay. a mile and a half away at this point where she veers off yeah. to go to that shed, which would have been long past her family's house. Um, She's, she's okay. walking towards okay. like the downtown area of Shelby because she lived a few miles away from that. Okay. But... Yeah. Um, I was just thinking maybe really she was like, I have so much freedom there and I would go there. I, no, she would have either passed them or they would have been a couple blocks in a different yeah. direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to introduce mm-hmm. one theory here kind of early. And mm-hmm. it is the potential that she was talking to somebody online and that they groomed her and convinced her to meet. Mm-hmm. This is... Ugh. Definitely not impossible. Um, But my personal feelings is that this is unlikely. She didn't have a computer at home. She didn't have a cell phone. If she met somebody online, it would have had to have been at a friend's house, which then the friends probably would have known about it and said something after all of this time. Or it would have had to have been at school. And. And her parents were very strict. Mm -hmm. So, like, she couldn't have been online enough for maybe for someone to groom her because her parents had no computer and were strict about it. Well, it is possible it happened at school because I know a lot of, like, web protections weren't much of a thing at that point because everyone was learning about the internet. So schools didn't have all these different, like, protection walls up. But I'm just thinking back to, like, my personal experience. In February of 2000, Mm -hmm. when Aisha disappeared, I was a year older than her. I was 10 years old. And Mm -hmm. I was just really learning about the internet in school. And I actually Mm -hmm. vividly remember this. My first ever Mm -hmm. research project where I had to use the internet was in the fourth grade. And Mm -hmm. I had to make a PowerPoint presentation on a randomly selected town in Wisconsin. Uh, So I researched Janesville, Wisconsin, which is a little south of Madison. Mm -hmm. And we had to make a PowerPoint on it. And that was honest. Like, Mm -hmm. we had to be taught how to access the internet for this project. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, is it possible she's contacting somebody online and that she has access to the internet Mm -hmm. at school absolutely but i'm just Mm -hmm. thinking of i was that age in the year 2000 and i definitely would not have known how to do that (laughs) no and and we had at least in my experience very limited access to the computers you only Mm -hmm. had access to the computers if you had a period of library study or a period of computer lab. Yeah, we had a computer and lab that's class. that's when you were allowed. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, ca- I can't say it's not possible. I just think it's incredibly unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, but this theory is yeah. very widely discussed across the internet. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So I just kind of wanted to put my personal thoughts because i was that age i so i clearly remember this project i remember the background i used on my powerpoint it was purple Mm -hmm. it had ribbons on it i think it was called like purple (laughs) ribbon i'm pretty sure 
Um, Classy, class, the class. Yeah, like, I I vividly remember this. So I'm just like, I I think I have at least an insight to potentially her brain at this time. But every kid is also different. Her school could have taught her more computer stuff at a younger age. Yeah. Um, But also, with all of that being said, this doesn't mean that Aisha wasn't potentially groomed in person and that they persuaded her mm-hmm. to leave the house. Um, we'll discuss more in that mm-hmm. theory later, right. but it's not yeah. impossible again. Mm-hmm. So February 20th, which is six days after Aisha's disappearance, unfortunately the ground search Oof. was called off because there was just no additional evidence found beyond just those mm-hmm. couple items in the shed. And by this time, they were able to interview most of Aisha's family members and friends. And one thing that was kind of odd that stuck out to investigators is that Aisha had shown a couple of her friends that she had a few dollars in her Tweety Bird purse. And when they went to ask Mm. Aquila and Harold about, like, where could she have gotten this money, neither of them knew where she could have gotten it. Mm. so that's just kind of something that's that's interesting and also to me tells me if her friends are saying this type of stuff within a couple days after her disappearance if they actually knew anything about potentially talking to somebody online or even if she's talking to somebody in person and she let them know they would have said something oh yeah yeah they would have said they would have sang like canary yeah like if they're talking about just the money she had in her purse Mm -hmm. they would have said like oh she had a secret boyfriend yeah or just like there's somebody that she's been talking to on her way home from school he's given her a ride or like something Mm -hmm. along those lines if if they had known i think they would have said something but another Mm -hmm. really interesting tip came in a few days later and This was somebody who just wanted to kind of put a thought out there. It wasn't a tip about a specific person or anything like that. But they told investigators that Aisha's class was actually reading a book called The Whipping Boy. And I've never read this, but um, when I was looking it up, it is about a young prince and his whipping boy. And a, a whipping boy is somebody who would take punishments for the prince. So anytime the prince would act up, the whipping boy would be punished instead of the prince. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it through like old folk tales. It, yeah. We didn't have to read this book either at my school, but I've heard it through folk tales. Yeah, I've heard of I've heard of a whipping boy before. I didn't know the book existed. Um, but apparently it's an incredibly yeah. popular book for kids around fourth grade to read. Um, when I was doing my research, oh, okay. I saw like a ton of lesson plans and stuff about this book in particular. In this book, both the prince mm-hmm. and the whipping boy run away from the palace and they kind of have their own adventures. So some people speculate that maybe Aisha ran away after being inspired by this book. Mm-hmm. A lot of other people really disagree with this idea, especially Aisha's family, because some of the adventures were very scary. At one point, they're pursued by these criminals who are 
basically trying to kill him. And they're mm-hmm. running for their lives. And so these weren't always great adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently the book is written yeah. in a very comical way and it is good for young kids. But mm-hmm. it's not to say that this was great in their story. That they were yeah. it was great that they were on their own. Yeah. So they say like with that type of thing in the book, in addition to the fact that Aisha was very shy and she was scared of storms. They don't believe that she just oh, would yeah. have left in the middle of the night during a storm to run away like the book. No, because you said it was pouring down rain mm-hmm. and she's afraid of storms. Why was she out there? This is it's, it. Like it gets more bizarre with each step that you take in this case. Uh-huh. So tips at this point, unfortunately, start to slow down. There's really no new information that is discovered that has pointed in any direction of where Aisha could have gone or why. But a few months later, and unfortunately, I don't know the exact date of when this happened. um, A man who was in prison said that they knew where Aisha was. This man is named Baron Ramsey. And he actually went to high school with Aquila. Oh. And he said that it, he and one of his friends were driving along Highway 18 on their way back from buying drugs in a neighboring city when they hit Asia. Oh, God. He said that they took her body and dumped it in a nearby lake. And investigators followed up on this. They dragged a lake. Didn't find anything. And Mm. investigators do say they believe that there was no car accident that night. And so that there wouldn't have been the possibility that anyone struck Aisha because there was no Mm. evidence of any accident on the highway, no broken glass or paint chips or anything like that, that would lead investigators in that direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Skid marks. Any. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So they didn't really do too much follow-up after there was nothing found in the lake. And uh, it was actually determined Mm -hmm. that he had the potential to be up for a plea deal and that they think that he was talking to get a better deal at that point. Ugh. Um, None of that's quite confirmed, but that's just kind of the common theory. Yeah, that's my theory in the last two seconds or so. (laughs) Right. What a piece of trash. What a piece of trash to give this family hope. Right. Um, And unfortunately, things go quiet again for for a while. But in August 2001, about a year and a half after Aisha goes missing, her backpack is found. Oh. It was found about 26 miles north of where she was last seen while walking south on the, on Highway 18. So the opposite direction of where she was walking. Yeah. yeah. And it was found by a construction worker who was clearing land to make a driveway. So that sounds like, to me, it's kind of in the middle of a wooded area. Yeah. Yeah. And... 26 miles is just so far mm-hmm. from it, where she was seen. It, it gets so weirder. Far. 
the backpack was mm-hmm. buried and it was wrapped in two oh. plastic garbage bags. What? Yeah. So it was like uh, clearly uh, disposed of. Right. Not good. Whatever it is, someone was trying to hide it. I would say, and it's clear that the disposable was meant to hide and conceal what was in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So it's just it's it's so bizarre. Um some things were found in her backpack. Um initially all the reports said that some clothes clothing was found, a pencil case and some paper. Um and years later in 2018 some more details came out about what was in this bag, but we don't we still don't know everything. There's still some holdback mm. evidence that they they are basically saying, like, there's more. We're not going to tell you what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would actually release a couple images of some of the items that were in the backpack. One of the clothing items, and who really knows, potentially the only clothing item, we just don't know, um, mm-hmm. is a New Kids on the Block t-shirt. Hmm. I believe this T-shirt potentially was from around 1990 or the earlier, early in the 90s. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's because it's actually a tour shirt. And Mm -hmm. there are people who are much more ambitious than me in the Internet who really tried Mm -hmm. to find what tour this came from, like all all the details Mm -hmm. of this shirt. And some found similar ones on eBay from the early 90s. So that's kind of why they think it was at that time. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't, it's not just like a t-shirt. It's, it's more of a night shirt. It's a really long t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And, and that makes sense for a concert tee too. Because like. Concert tees are usually men's cut and longer. Well, this looks like it was actually a night shirt. Like, it looks like it was designed to be a night shirt. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, like, uh, on her, it probably would have come close to her knees as a specific design to do so. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll post pictures of it um, because it is quite, quite odd. But what makes this even more bizarre is this item, Asha's parents also have no idea where it came from. And, like, her cousins, like, they asked everyone that they could, friends, anyone she would have had a sleepover with, and none of them had recognized it. None of them said that they ever had one like that. Nothing. What? Yeah. So then another item found in her backpack was a Dr. Seuss book. McElliott's pool and this was checked out from Asia's school library and mm-hmm. on the FBI's page on Asia's case they say the book did not belong to Asia and the way it's like kind of all phrased in their article that they have me seems like they don't think she even checked the book out. Like, they don't know why she had it, even mm. though it came from her school library. 
Mm-hmm. And there's no additional information on if they looked wow. into who checked it out, if they know that information, anything like that. I have no idea. But again, this is oh, something wow. that her parents are like, we don't know why she has this. This makes no sense. Right. And that would have been my first move. It's like, okay, well, who signed it out? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, it's really weird. And so, unfortunately... This is many years. I kind of jumped ahead to 2018 just to talk about the information from the the backpack that the, the FBI finally released. Mm-hmm. But throughout all of those years, mm-hmm. there just there unfortunately wasn't much movement or any movement really in the case. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple oh, different man. instances where different men were arrested for crimes against children in the area. But when they would look into these potential suspects in relation to Aisha's case, there was either no direct evidence that they could go on or they had alibis. So there wasn't Mm. much they could do. And it wasn't until about 2015 when investigators did a reinvestigation to this case and Mm. they had received tips. I'm assuming these are old tips. Couldn't find that clearly stated, but I'm assuming by the reinvestigation mm-hmm. description that they say that they did, mm-hmm. this means previously recorded tips, not new. Yeah, like following up. Yeah, and they said that they saw Aisha getting into a 1970s green car the night that she disappeared. I have a handful of questions with this. Um but the tipsters were able to give a general description of the car. They say that it could have been a Ford Thunderbird or a Lincoln Mark IV, um, and that the car had rust on its wheels. Hmm. So I I have questions hmm. like, where was this scene? What time was this scene? But either yeah, what was... it's not known or law enforcement Who's... hasn't released it publicly. Who saw it? Did they at least get a partial plate? Were there any plates at all? Were the headlights on? Yeah, like, like or had they I don't know parked? any of that. And had they parked? I'm so curious. Yeah, had they parked and like, yeah, because they could have parked and like lured her in. Like, are you afraid of the storm? Like, come get in the car. I, I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is um, another one, just like the one we just recorded. Yeah, you'll you guys will hear that last week, but um, we're doing these back to back. But it's it's weird. Mm-hmm. And honestly, unfortunately, that's kind of all the information that we have. But there are just so many theories. I already mentioned the one where, like, somebody potentially groomed her online and persuaded her to mm-hmm. leave home that night. But it's really hard to imagine reasons why Aisha would willingly pack a bag willingly leave her home in the middle of the night and walk down the highway minimally a mile and a half to where witnesses saw her in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. I struggle. I'm really struggling with imagining that as well. Why would she? It's. Oh my gosh. Like I've heard some podcasts And I was like all gung-ho for this theory until I dove in a little bit more and I found that Reddit article. 
um, mm-hmm. with the whole theory that she potentially packed her basketball uniform. Um, cause that was actually published in articles. So I understand how that can be seen as like an official source and like, yes, she would have packed it. But as this Reddit post laid out with sources of their own in there, that it was, it was two separate articles that said that she packed her basketball uniform, but nowhere else ever Mm -hmm. mentioned it. And there's been no confirmation from police that she packed it. So it's possible that Mm -hmm. she did. But yeah. we don't know. But it's also possible that that was miscommunicated. Mm-hmm. But a theory that a podcast came out with was that, and I, I, I thought this was a very smart theory, um, but they said that she, they think she may have been so upset over the loss of her basketball game that maybe she felt like she needed to get more practice in. So she woke up early to walk to school mm. to get practice in. Hmm. And mm. I think where this theory got confused, there is a school that is south of her, which is mm-hmm. the direction she was walking in. But her actual school that she went to was north. Okay. So it wouldn't make sense that she'd be walking south. Wouldn't make sense. Yeah. But if you're just looking on a map, like, there is a school that it looked like she could have been walking straight towards. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. that's not the same school that she actually went to. Because I'm like, that makes so much sense. Like, she she seems like a very good, smart girl who always wants to do right. And if she's so upset about this loss and is blaming herself, she might want to, like, overcompensate Mm -hmm. with a big action. And, yeah. And show her dedication to her sport. Right. Right. Just say, like, I was practicing all night last night. It'll never happen again. You know, I totally get that. Yeah. And, She's like, weighing the balance girl. of, like, am I going to get yeah. in trouble for this? She or just... they're going to see how dedicated I am. So I'm not going to get in as much trouble. Right. Yeah. She's just a little girl. She's probably full of, like, guilt. Yeah. So. That's a that's a theory. Um, I looked up the school. I lo- I went through like the maps and everything. Her school is north. I found it. Unless mm-hmm. in two thousand, it was in a different location. Possible. I never saw that mm-hmm. in my research. But um, I felt like that explanation just made a whole lot of sense to give the motivation to leave in the rain. Hmm. But I also, like, was there somebody grooming her and encouraged her? Did somebody tell, did somebody tell her she had to leave during the storm? Like, because she's such a good girl, she might listen to what they said, even though she was scared because she was scared of storms. What is, Mm -hmm. I don't know what she would have been doing out there. Well, like, my thought with that is. Would somebody really, if you're grooming a young child, especially in a a smaller town like Shelby, like this isn't a big metropolis city or anything by any means. There's not a ton of businesses with cameras or like anything like that in this 
general area by her house where she was seen walking. There's actually no security footage whatsoever of Aisha that night. Ugh, it sucks. And I'm just thinking like, okay, you are somebody who is grooming this young child and you're going to make her walk minimally a mile and a half to go meet you in the middle of a storm? Yeah. No, you're not. There's not as much of a risk of having her to walk far because you're going to get caught on camera unless somebody local knows your car or something, but this is 4 a.m. Yeah. And then another thing, I have, I just have so many thoughts. I just can go off on so many questions mm-hmm. right now. Um, how did she know what time to leave her house? O'Brien uh, didn't hear an alarm clock or anything yeah. like that. So if yeah. it is a plan to wrestling. meet up with somebody, how does she know when to leave? Yeah. And how would she have made the, like, she would have, it's, she would have had to make the call on a landline to somebody and her parents would be like, what is this phone call? Yeah, you would think that would all be listed to be, with phone records. Because, because children, there used to be this thing called phone <laughs> records now I'm 25 years ago and your parents knew exactly what numbers you called. My mom and I had the discussion but, the other day for real. of like, do kids nowadays know what a dial tone is? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. My mom and I had this like long conversation of like, we're old. <laughs> Right? It's like, oh, man, I'm old. But yeah, it would have been recorded. It would have been recorded on their phone statement. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a lot of people speculate. And this is all speculation. This is why I was telling you, it's like, my script isn't that long, but we can talk about this for a while. Um, But speculate on when she packed her bag. Did she pack mm-hmm. it when O'Brien thought she was going to the bathroom? Was she that yeah. quiet doing it? Because she would have been in the room in all likelihood packing her clothes out of her closet or her dresser. Right. And like how much rustling did he hear? Did he hear mm-hmm. packing or did he hear her leaving? So yeah, was you it know? prepped But then he heard already? her get back in bed. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of just... Like did she get up initially, leave the room to, like, check the time and then be like, okay, it's time or mm. I'm late, I gotta go or or something like that. Right. Um. Right. So, I don't know. And this green car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, I'm very curious about these tips. Why were they overlooked potentially mm-hmm. when they came in? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. one thing with especially I don't car. think I think I especially actually car. right I think I may have missed this earlier because I wasn't reading my script when I was talking because I've been so deep <sighs> in this. But um, huh. this tip also described that there were two people in the car. Oh, okay, okay. So, I like, and this is something that I think gets really confused, but um. The wording is odd because according to the tip and what was written in the report by whoever was taking the tip, um, mm-hmm. it said that there were the, the car was occupied two times. 
from my understanding, hmm. what that means is it is occupied by two people. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like cop talk. Right. Um, but some people do kind of look at this being like, is it occupied? Like, see two different people and in then, it at different times? Or... Right. Is it... Yeah, is it occupied and then unoccupied for a minute by the side of the road and then occupied again? Right. Is that what it is? Or, like, seen by multiple people at different times. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, according Mm -hmm. to... um, I was watching um, Crime Weekly cover this, and Derek Lavasser is a former cop, and he's like, no, that's that's the same terminology we used Mm -hmm. when we would report things. Like, occupy two times mm-hmm. means there's two people in that car at that time when it was seen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which makes a lot of sense. But, um... Yeah. And it's like, if there are yeah. two people involved in her disappearance? Yeah. I mean, it could be, like, a... I, I can't remember the name of the guy, but Carla Homolka. Like, the man oh, and woman who um, together. Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka. It Homolka's. gives me... Paul Bernard. It gives me those vibes. Like, maybe he had a woman in the car with him who was like, are you wet? Like, come out of the rain. We'll take you home or something. Yeah. Or even if that is a grooming situation, like, wanting to take her for as their own kid. But she's Mm -hmm. nine. She'd remember a lot. Yeah. And she'd probably say a lot in public. Yeah. And it's like, obviously, we've seen cases like um, Elizabeth Smart. Yeah, like it could be something like Elizabeth Smart where she's taken Mm -hmm. and convinced that she can't go home. But she left home Mm -hmm. willingly. Like, there's just so many Mm -hmm. things that nothing quite clicks. Yeah, no. And so, like... Part of, part of what I find very curious, and again, I just still don't, it still doesn't click well. <laughs> um, but, like, what if there mm-hmm. was somebody grooming her? What if they mm-hmm. gave her some money that potentially earned a little mm-hmm. bit of trust? Mm-hmm. And what if they also gave her the picture? Being like, oh, I have a friend. Like, you want to see my friend? Uh, mm-hmm. But I guess it's so weird that that picture has never been identified. Like, we have no clue who that young girl yeah. is. Right. And then... Or how those items came to be in that shed. Well, I okay. I didn't... I don't have this in my script because I'm like, we'll just talk about it at some point. But I did mention earlier my theory, like, with the shed stuff, which honestly directly Mm -hmm. comes from um crime weekly i think that they kind of broke that information down really well um but they Mm -hmm. they really just kind of said that she was probably scared with that trucker circling back and so she wanted okay and they they do think well yeah i think she the authorities believe that they think that she got scared and so Mm. because it was in that moment when he like rolled down his window and tried to talk to her that she ran off. Right. So. Because she was always taught stranger danger. Exactly. Which is another reason why grooming is, I don't know. I don't know. But um, they think that she's in the dark. There is a light on the outside of this shed, but not on the inside. And that she probably was mm. 
potentially nervous or panicking because that just happened on the road. She wanted to take a moment away, get off the road. And so she calmed down in there, had a couple pieces of candy because they found the wrappers. And because it was dark, probably dropped things out of her bag that she didn't even realize she dropped. Mm. And to me, that makes sense. That that seems... Mm -hmm the most yeah. logical part of this whole conversation because we it's just so weird mm-hmm. um but that makes a lot of sense to me and maybe she had no idea that she left that stuff behind the picture's still Possible. weird yeah picture's still weird we don't know mm-hmm. why she had it um a lot mm-hmm. of people say like oh yeah. what if this is like a a serial killer and mm-hmm. he was leaving like a clue behind mm. and that's just that's mm-hmm. so cinema <laughs> like that's so film yeah um i does just seem so unlikely to me what's weird to me is the backpack yeah like with different items in it that the family couldn't identify as hers wrapped into get bags and then buried like yeah what was someone so afraid of someone finding yeah i don't know um the backpacks would the backpack to me because the the, people also talk about like oh what if she got lost what if like she had this big runaway ambition like in the whipping boy and she Mm-hmm. got lost and died to the elements because it was also like mid 30s that night it was cold it mm-hmm. absolutely it was, could cause yeah. hypothermia um and like well, and that's mm-hmm. a possibility but i think the backpack but the ground proved, search well ground search they unfortunately still can miss things it's really hard yeah. to find a body especially yeah. in the woods um i've known a lot of people yeah. go on searches and have to do that and they say it's it's so much more difficult than you imagine um so if if they if they missed her but to me having the backpack buried 25 plus miles away proves yeah somebody knows something because there's no reason that mm-hmm. should have been buried like if you yeah. found a random backpack yeah. Yeah, that that's... was in great condition that mm-hmm. was you're like, oh, like someone left this behind or they lost it. Like either putting it in a lost and found or something or honestly donating it. Like you're not going to bury yeah, it in the ground, like, wrap it in two garbage bags because it's no. something innocent. Yeah. So it's like, who did that? <laughs> like, I don't know. Did she right. have this grand ambition right. to run away with all of that and then somebody abducted her? Yeah. Like, was it bad place, the bad people time? In the, the car? Yeah, did the people in the car take her? I'm still just so stuck on. She made this decision to leave, and then uh, somebody who wants to kidnap her or groom her and, like, made pre-planned, like, set of instructions made her walk that far. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's what's weird oh, to me. Oh, God. I hope. Yeah, uh-huh. That, yeah. But where would she be going to? She was away from school. She was away from anything that she knew. 
I don't know. I just, there's so mm-hmm. many things. And I'm like, I know we need to spend time How at the she... end of this just to like spitball thoughts. <laughs> How, yeah, it's like, how would she have gotten where it needed to be? Uh, did they leave a map for her? No, not it, like. Well, if they did, she took it so with her weird. and then it wasn't found in her bag. That's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, where where was the opportunity for her to meet somebody in person? Because mm-hmm. she's nine. Right. She's at school. She's not. When was she wasn't saying, at school. She was at nine. church. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I guess I probably or with her parents. Yeah, I made the decision to not include this information, and maybe it is relevant. Um, but because Harold worked second shift, and he usually left for work mid afternoon, Aquila, her job, she actually worked, I think, making pianos at a local company. Oh wow! And Mm-hmm. I think it was a normal nine to five. So O'Brien and Aisha would come home from school on the bus and be home alone for a bit. Mm, um, for a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, or they would go across the street to their grandma's house or down the street to their cousin's house or whatever. Mm. Um, right. But both Aisha and O'Brien had keys to the house. Aisha's actually, Mm-hmm. were in her backpack. I don't know if they were found or if oh, it's been okay. released that they were found. That could have been the items the mm-hmm. FBI just didn't say. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe that could have been an opportunity for her to meet somebody. But she's riding the bus with O'Brien. And yeah. he doesn't remember anything, her talking to anybody so where where could she have met somebody? I don't know. Yeah. No. <laughs> I like we're we're literally just like this is what we do like when we're in person. <laughs> yeah. But like do you have any theories or anything? I I I'm I have nothing but confusion for this one. Just because being nine years old, I know how it is to be nine years old and scared of something. Right. And that's real, real scared. So, like, she was real, real scared of storms. I don't know how they would have even lured her out of her her house if anyone did. Exactly. Like, how did they convince her that she should leave during the storm? Right. And then why, again, I just brought up my biggest... uh, question here which is why if you didn't need to hide something why would you wrap it in a backpack mm-hmm. two garbage bags and bury it yeah you're hiding something whoever's property that backpack was on needs to be searched i think that they i didn't put that all in here um but yeah they had no relevance it was like proven easily by investigators oh. um Damn so it. I didn't really put it in there because they are really irrelevant to this. It was just found on the property. Um, mm-hmm. But like the parents were cleared super fast. Especially like you, you mm-hmm. look at Aquila's immediate action calling 911. Within mm-hmm. minutes. Oh yeah. She was on the phone with 911. Mm-hmm. That's not the sign of guilt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like 
at all. No, absolutely not. That's the sign of like an urgent parent. Exactly. And they've done a lot um, in kind of like the missing persons community and done a lot within Shelby, North Carolina. Um, that's very great for the community. They've raised a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, props go to them because that has to be so hard with what they've gone through. Yeah. But like yeah. how many unanswered questions have, did we just rattle off <laughs> in the last couple of Right. <laughs> right. And these poor people have to live with them forever. Yeah. And um, poor family. This episode, uh, this episode's coming out just like a week after her disappearance. Um, no, a couple days. Ooh, wow. After. Um, this, is, this episode's actually coming out on February 15th. Um, so at that point, it'll mm-hmm. have been um, 24 years since she disappeared. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So um, we'll post links and everything um, in our show notes. And that'll be any information to potentially call in tips or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, this is one that I want to see an answer to. Yeah. I, this is this is one that has stuck with me for many, many years. And I, I want answers. Yeah, I think. In this one. I think they need to dig more on that property. They have. They, they've they done all of that. Um, okay. Because they, they were, honestly, they were searching for her body. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they, they didn't find it. They, they really searched. I will say, they, it wow. seems like investigators are really doing their absolute best i'm still still curious how that Mm. tip was potentially overlooked but it it Mm -hmm. it seems like they're really they've made it very clear that they this case has never gone cold because they've never stopped working Mm -hmm. and that's that's a lot (laughs) there i think there's still an investigator that's pretty close to full-time on this case wow yeah, they're they're put a lot into it. Um, so we'll we'll definitely link all of that for you in the show notes because I would love to see something, some something else happen, mm-hmm. some answers come to this. But thank you all mm-hmm. for listening to Have You Heard About This Case. If you liked this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and you can follow us on Spotify. You can find us on Instagram at Have You Heard About This Case Pod, on TikTok at HYH. ATC, or you can email us at have you heard about this case at gmail.com. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye.